Welcome everyone to another episode of The Roman Show. I am your host, Rodolfo Roman. This week, we welcome the brother of late professional wrestler Chris Candido, Johnny Candido, on the program to talk about his brother's autobiography, No Gimmicks Needed, available right now. This and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Roman Show. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Chris, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go flight. Econ, we're going flight. GNC, we're going. Down here, go. Control, go. Go, go. FAO, we are going. Network, go. Recovery, go. Capcom, we're going flight. Launch control, this is Houston. We are going for launch. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Everyone for joining us. This is for uh, the week of March the 14th. I always forget my dates here. Thanks again for uh, joining us on the program. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman. Special thanks to our good friends at Manscaped.com. You hear me talk about it all the time. Manscaped. Is the best tool to shave your jewels. And now they have the Weed Whacker, which cuts all those pesky hairs from your nostrils. And um, who doesn't hair, doesn't hate those damn hairs? I hate them myself. And you can use all type of tools, scissors, shavers, whatever. But there's nothing like the lawnmower. And you can never go wrong with the Manscaped, the lawnmower. You know that when it comes to shaving off your boys down there, the Manscaped has the best product in town. So head on over to manscaped.com, use the promo code The Roman Show, and enjoy your Manscaped product. You hear me talk about it all the time. Fusion CBD, that's fusioncbdproducts.com. Check them out. Take the CBD oil and watch your pain go away. I'm not kidding you. I use it myself every single day. And with all the running and lifting and all that other nonsense I do for my body, I have to say that it keeps me just intact. So head on over to FusionCBDProducts.com. All right, let's kick into gears, everyone. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, that is the bout that we will see at WrestleMania for the championship, the other one being Edge versus Roman Reigns. I'm still, I still have high hopes that somehow, someway, Brock Lesnar will make his way into the main event of, uh, not the main event, but somehow make some sort of an appearance at Fastlane and get the whole somehow involved with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre in a three-way dance at WrestleMania. But hey, if it doesn't happen, have Brock Lesnar appear at WrestleMania, setting up Bobby Lashley versus uh, Lesnar sometime in the future, maybe in SummerSlam where you have a maybe a packed stadium. Yeah, why not? It, that's the type of match that will sell out. That's the type of match that will sell out. Just keep that in mind. In other, word, in other news... AEW making more headlines this time, not because of the deathmatch fallout, but because Maki Ito, Japanese wrestler, made her debut on Dynamite. She actually made her AEW debut on the pay-per-view Revolution. But here's the thing. There's a segment where she allegedly, I use the word allegedly, beat up uh, Sheeta, the champion, the woman's champion, with a microphone. But the way she was using that thing, it's almost like an infant was hitting you with an object. It, it barely touched you. I, I don't understand. Tony Khan, my man, I understand you're trying to make this thing different and unique, but I remember you advertising AEW as a sports league. 
I don't think it's a sports league. Listen, I enjoy it. It's entertaining. But it's become very, 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 very cartoonish. How about you do something about your talent, dude? And uh, a little less gimmicky, a little less ridicule. And let's get a little serious. All right. Coming up next on the Roman show, Johnny Gargano, the Johnny Gargano, Johnny Candido, the brother of Chris Candido joins us on the program to talk about his brother's autobiography. No gimmicks needed. Coming up next right here on the Roman show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Roman Show. And, uh, you know, going back uh, to a couple of years when wrestling, in my opinion, was a whole lot more entertaining than what we're getting now. Um, there was a young man by the name of Chris Candido, uh, notoriously known in the world of ECW, then WWF, or now WWE, and hell, even WCW and TNA. So this is a man, and NWA is a champion over there as well. So Chris Candido... Of course, a very familiar face uh, with the world of pro wrestling. He was also known because he dated uh, Sonny, Tammy uh, Lynn Cinch. Uh, but Chris Candido was a very, very charismatic guy. I personally love to see him wrestle all the time. And, you know, he, he won the tag team championship at the WWF. And right now it's a, it's a great honor uh, to have his brother, John Candido, who put the pen to paper, put the pen to paper to write about his brother, uh, Chris Candido, no gimmicks needed. Available right now on Amazon. Last I checked, it was number three on the uh, wrestling books. John, thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited about that too. I've been wanting to do that for so long for him to have a to have a to have a book for him. You know, it's been 16 years, John, since he's left uh, left this world. He is uh, he's up above. But of course, his name has not forgotten, uh, and 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 uh, to this day, people talk about him. So, uh, when putting this stuff together, of course, you have many stories to tell. You had to put a pen to paper. Uh, but how were you able to remember all these stories about Chris Candido? I'm sure that uh, through his 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 upcoming or raising in, in in professional wrestling, he went through some stuff and. How are you able to just recall all these things? Well, I mean, pretty much I was ringside to all those things. But let me just start off by saying this. The reason that I'm so happy this book got produced is, um, so, you know, so my brother moved. We live in Spring Lake, and my brother moved to a, a town, like, right next to us. And, uh, and like, maybe about 2003. So me, me and him were pretty much just, you know, Stuck at the waist. Everywhere we went, we were together. And uh, we we came by, you know, a parent's house for breakfast one day, and and we're sitting down. And my brother, I guess he put like a Von Erichs book or something on the coffee table. He was thumbing through it, and you know, my mom goes, she's like, Christopher, is this what you want? You know, to be to, to be in a coffee table book? Is this what you want? And he's like, Mom. He's like, if the guys remember me, ten, fifteen years from now, I'd be more than happy to be in somebody's coffee table book. And you know what? I, I I never forgot about that. And I I said that in another podcast. The people have been texting me pictures of his book on a coffee table. And so so that's in the book. But you know, it was uh, it's really cool because my brother was such a he was so passionate about wrestling. But he was also such a down to earth guy. And you know, I just fucking you know miss him and love him. You know, every second of the day. So. 
no gimmicks needed. I, I think that's appropriate for the title of the book because Chris Candido didn't really have a gimmick. It just seemed that he was himself every time he walked into the ring. Yeah, well, I think what happened was, so my brother started wrestling at age 14, uh, 13. So in our town, there's this big, uh, there's a big park called Marucci Park. And he went as a young kid um, to the council meeting and said they should have wrestling in Marucci Park. They got a ring. Him, uh, you know, Balls Mahoney, the two of them met each other around the same time. And they held shows at Marucci Park. So from day one, my brother, all he cared about was wrestling. All he did was wrestling. All he cared about was lifting, uh, lifting weights, wrestling. That's it. Just freaking, you know, he, he, that's all he ever freaking cared about. And, uh, you know, it's just really nice to be able to do that for him. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot the question. It's okay. It's okay. Then I'm saying that, that, yeah, he, he had, when you look at Chris Candido as a person, he really never had a gimmick. You know, he didn't have to wear anything. He didn't have to come out with nothing fancy or smashy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Vince gave him that gimmick. Vince thought that he looked like a, like a fitness model. Like uh-huh. that guy, Tony Little, who, who does that gimmick on TV. Yep. Like a late night. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like one of those commercial gimmicks. Yeah. But, you know, that really wasn't him. He was just like a passionate guy who loved the business. And at the time, like, when he was doing the Body Donna's thing, he was you know, like 22, 23, which is, you know, so ridiculously young to be up there, you know, making that much money. But he didn't like the way, you know, his his career was going at the time. Like they, so after the Body Downers had their run, they wanted him to fall back a little, still be under contract and be training new guys. That's why, you know, there's matches to him against The Rock and, you know, a bunch of, you know, upcoming guys. Like they kind of kept him on the shelf waiting for him to be repackaged but you know at that time he was cocky he was young he thought he was the best at you know everything and then you know ECW presented itself and he just went there you know and that's another interesting story I could tell you but he uh, yeah he, he didn't want to not be as he saw it he's like I have my 20s to, to be a wrestling star this is what I dreamed of my whole life and I'm not going to sit here and train other guys when I want to be the star so he left WWE to go to ECW, right, and, and, uh, and rightfully so. He was given the uh, the ECW Hall of Fame. He's in the um, twenty three hundred uh, in, in Pennsylvania, the uh, the famous uh, arena or, or stadium or yeah, arena yeah. where the ECW is held. His name is held up up high there. So g- going back to his career, Johnny, and again, uh, uh, great. You know, we're just waiting here to purchase the book. It's available right now on Amazon. Which part or which um, portion of his career would you say was he the happiest you know where he really just enjoyed it because we hear sometimes our wrestlers are just you know this is not for me i just gotta do it you know i just gotta wait until oh. whatever so when do you think was the best time that he said man johnny i i think this is it i think this is gonna catapult me to the star that i am where did he feel the best i'll, I'll tell you the two times so when he got his wwe contract he was so fucking happy like I said, he was like 23. He he was, you know, so excited. And, uh, you know, like, we live right across the street from the beach. That's where we grew up, you know, in Jersey. And uh, he'd come down to the beach, and everybody would notice him. And, you know, he'd, like, so, you know, I call him Cook. I'm sorry. It's hard to break that. He never let me call him Chris. It's a family nickname. Uh-huh. But Chris would always be, uh, you know, he'd work 
let's say like Monday Night Raw or whatever it was, and on his flights home he'd be here on like Wednesday, Thursday. We'd be at the beach, you know, we'd be throwing kids over waves and stuff. But um, so the happiest he was was when he first got his WWE contract. Then, you know, he went through like a lot of trials and tribulations. He was happy in ECW, but then when uh, you know, he he had some kind of you know some personal demons. You know, him and Tammy. You know, she th- there was rumors of her cheating on him and all this stuff. Fast forward to about 2004. Me and him are are hanging out. We're after the gym. We're eating we're eating sushi like we would do and having a couple of drinks. And he's like, man, when I was 19, you know, I was going to Japan. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was like, that's why you were a standout, numb nuts. And I hit him in the head. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, man, I really messed everything up, didn't I? I'm like, no, let's get it back. Let's get it back. Come on. Like, let's go shopping. Let's go get nice clothes. We're up to every show looking like Ric Flair. Let's do it. So pretty much overnight, like, he quit, like, taking any kind of drugs or anything. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, he's, you know, getting booked all over the place again. Next thing you know, he's on TV. It was it was really, like, once my brother set his mind to something, he would not let anything get in the way. He had tunnel vision, you know, since he was a kid. And when he realized, like I said, that, you know, he was kind of like, you know, falling off. And I told him, like, you know, this isn't it. Like, bro, like, because you got to think, he was, he started wrestling at like 13, 14. By the time he was 30, he thought he was like a relic. You know, he, you know, he figured he'd been in the business so long. I'm like, dude, you're 30. Like, like now, right now, I'm 38. My little sister's, you know, are 35. It's like, it's, you know, it's nuts. They're older than he was when he passed away. Wow. But, um, so his, his most happy time, he told me, is when he lived, you know, back in our old neighborhood and he had his head clear. No drugs, no nothing, clear head in TNA, doing indies on the side, watching me in the wrestling business, have fun, just, you know, the two of us, it, you know, together all the time. That's that, that was his favorite part, you know. It, and it, you know, it, it was just great. Like I just want to, and so many people just want to pay homage to him because he was such an awesome guy. Not just to me, he was a big brother to, you know, the whole neighborhood. Like all of my friends, you know, revered him and would always ask him for advice, and you know. So where would you? Long winded, but he was it, it, just really a, a really great guy. Where would you say? Uh, or who would you say he always looked uh, forward to wrestling inside the ring? Um, you know, he's, he he was wrestling at a point where wrestling was at its peak when TV ratings were off the roof. So he had an opportunity to get in there with the likes of the Stone Cold, The Rock, you know, all these guys, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, all these he big names. Work. I was going to say he, he liked working with Rock and seeing, you know, seeing The Rock develop. He loved working with Sabu because the two of them mm-hmm. um, have very different personalities. Like, Sabu's still, like, one of my best friends in the business. And, you know, unless Sabu knows you, he's not going to talk. But once he knows you, he doesn't shut up. Like, he's, like, you know, <laughs> one of your boys. So he loved working with Sabu. And the two of them could do great stuff together. Um, and Terry Funk. I think his, his favorite opponents would probably be would probably be Sabu and, and Terry Funk because, uh, you know, he really... You know, respected and revered Terry Funk. Like I, you know, I have a so right down my parents' house in Chris's old room. There's like he had like a main room, and then he had like what he called his office. 
and there's there's got to be about ten thousand wrestling magazines up there dated back, you know, from the '60s all the way up through the early 2000s. And uh, so he grew up watching Terry Funk, and then you know him and Terry Funk, you know, worked each other a bunch of times. So I have to say his favorite opponents would be Terry Funk and uh, and Sabu and me when I was coming up because he would just bump like crazy for me. <laughs> but yeah, no, aside from me, it would be. So would you say that those or which match would you put up there the the best that he ever had? Would it be with a Sabu or Terry Funk? No, you know what? So I'm just you know when I think back. So when he was on his comeback, so for a while, you know, he kind of fell off. You know, with you know with doing gimmicks and everything, and then he tore his groin and. and then, you know, me and him had that talk and we went, we, you know, we went out shopping and we were training hard at the gym and then he wrestled Mike Cruel. I don't even know if he's in the business anymore. He was a very, very popular guy back then. But Mike Cruel is about 6'1", probably, you know, 260, solid muscle. And him and Chris were in the main event, you know, against each other at the Amazon Center at Jamaica, Queens. Mind you, it was a stat show. I wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow that night. Like there was, you know, it's a USA Pro show, and actually that was the night that Tough Enough came to watch the show. So there was like uh, Al Snow, Hugh Morris, The Miz, like all these different guys watching the show. So anyway, my brother is working uh, Mike Cool, and uh, they're having a fucking hell of a match. And I see Chris is setting them up for the top rope power bomb. So me, I'm like, I'm like, if he pulls this off right now. That's hard to do. I don't know if you've ever been in a ring. To yep. balance yourself, pick yep. another person's weight up, and fucking powerbomb them from the top rope. And he was doing it against a guy who was, you know, four inches taller than him and 30 pounds heavier. And he executed it. He hit it. He hit the one, two, three. I was like, my brother's back. And then ever since then, it was a rocket right back to the top, you know, for him. Wow. So, the, you know, just, just personally, that was my favorite match. That's what I knew. You know, he stopped with the drugs. He stopped with the bullshit. We were training all day, all night, and uh, you know, and he he pretty much found his 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 passion for the business again, his love for the business again, and uh, and then you know, so you know, he had that match. But at the same time, he was working in. He was a, he was the uh, the NWA Mid South champion. He worked for Ian Rotten IWA Mid South, so he was working with. Punk, uh, Claudio Castanoli, who's now uh, Cesaro, Matt Seidel, who was Evan yep. Bourne, yep. Chris Hero, CM Punk. He was working with those guys all the time. And, you know, that inspired him, you know, to work better and, like, teach them. And, you know, in turn, he inspired them because they, you know, uh, I talk to those guys casually and they say how great he was to have around. And so, you know, like around that time, oh four, oh five, like right before he died, he was so happy and so inspired and just so, you know, on top of his game. Maybe even more than he was when he was younger, you know? Yeah. And such a tragedy he, he got you know, took him away from us very, uh, very early. It kills but me. You, you you mentioned CM Punk and when, when he passed away, CM Punk, you know, mentioned your brother and, and how much he, he, he had respect for him. Um did you did you manage or in, in in the book maybe to get a quote from CM Punk or did you try to reach out to oh, him yeah. to get well, in? No, well, I, well, I, so I told. I mean, I told the 
bunch of stories about the, you know, like, so, like, pretty much after he passed away, and the funeral was pretty much a blur except for a couple things, like, I remember, like, so, mind you, like, I don't know if you know Spring Lake, you probably don't, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a small town, and it's like an affluent area in New Jersey, right on the beach, and all of a sudden, after my brother died, the entire wrestling business descended upon Spring Lake, so there was just, you know, everybody from from Cactus Jack, you know, all the way down to, I don't want to say down, all the way to like CM Punk, and everybody from TNA was here, and so you know, me, my mom, my little sisters, my dad were all around the casket, and you know, I saw somebody crying their eyes out in the corner, and my little sister, one of them was like, Johnny, you know that guy, and it was Punk, I'm, you know, and. So I went over and I'm like, hey, man, I see that you're crying. And he just freaking gave me a hug. He's like, he's like, he was clean. I can't believe this, you know. So he was really upset about it because, you know, we had traveled together with him. And, you know, like I said, the two of them were just, were just very good. They both respected each other's love of the business. Absolutely. And I... So, yeah, and you can hear more and some of these stories uh, as the as uh, Johnny Candido, the brother Chris Candido, opens up and lets us know about the life of uh, the late Chris Candido, which uh, to this day, you know, I, I still just remember. I, I remember watching him down here in my in Miami, where I'm located. He came to the uh, the arena. Uh, the, the we had yeah we had where the Miami Heat played, but there was the Miami Arena, and. Um, when him and Bob Holly, when they teamed up, and it, it was they were just so charismatic together. Also, tell me about him that relationship with with Holly um, when they teamed up. Uh, were they good buddies? Yeah, you, you know what? I, you know, it, it, they were friends. You know, it was pretty hard to not be friends with my brother. He was really like a cool freaking guy. Like, uh, like you know, like I have, I have a couple of friends who uh, you know who who've gone whose brothers have gone to, like, the UFC and things like that, and they think they're, like, big shit. Like, my brother never cared. He would walk into, like, a neighborhood bar, do whatever. But, uh, yeah, he, he pretty much got along with everybody. My brother was just really, like, an affable guy and who just, uh, who loved what he was doing, so he was always happy, you know? Like, he loved wrestling, loved lifting weights. Those were pretty much his two hobbies. He sucked at all of their sports, you know? So he just... He pretty much just loved loved what he was doing, and his. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for a cigarette. It's all right. I'm t- telling you the story. I have, a, I have a funny story to tell you about your cigarette in a second. But uh, no, he yeah, him and Hollywood really cool. And when I you know when I was up there at WWE, you know doing dark matches and being like an extra, um, a lot of the guys were like, "Oh man, you're Candido's brother." He was so fucking cool. He was so great to everybody. So you know it, it was really. Uh, it was really cool just being his brother because people there who had known him, you know, were like, this is after he passed away. That was, you know, like up at WWE. You know, I, I worked the dark match and then they, Ball said they wanted me and him to tag together. But at the same time, my brother just passed away and my mother was like, you know, I can't deal with seeing another kid go through the business. But, you know, long story short, my brother was cool with everybody. You know, he's just a really nice, affable guy who rather joke than argue with anybody, you know? 
Well, Johnny, I want to thank you so much for your time. I don't want to give too much away. Chris Candido, no gimmicks needed. That is where you hear more stories of the late Chris Candido. You can purchase it right now on Amazon. Johnny, thanks so much. And and, and about you, I know you still wrestle. You're, st- you're still active, no? No, not, not wrestling. I'm thinking about making a comeback because, uh, you know, to be honest, I miss it. Like, I miss I miss being in the ring. But, uh, you know, I have, a, <laughs> I have a regular job. I'm, I'm doing good, kind of the regular dude with the, the house, the chick, you know. But, uh, I you know, I definitely miss it, especially writing this book and, and, you know, and thinking about, you know, all the old stories just makes me want to get back into it. And I talked to a lot of my buddies on the phone or on Twitter who are still in the business. Like, dude, come back. We'll tag together. So, yeah, you know, I I think it's time to maybe get in shape and maybe give it another go. Not for a career, just for fun. Yeah, one more last hurrah. (laughs) Well, Johnny. Yeah. Thanks so much, man, for your time. Again, pick up the book available right now. Hell, make a good Valentine's gift for all your ladies tuning in. Chris Candido, No Gimmicks Needed, right now available on Amazon. And again, thanks again, uh, Johnny, and I hope to have you right here more on the show. Yeah, man, anytime, brother. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard there from Johnny Candido. Thank you again for joining us this week on the program. And everybody, pick up the uh, autobiography on Chris Candido. Great read at your favorite store. The UFC is coming back to Florida, but this time they are bringing bringing 15,000 people. That's right. They are going to hold their first event with fans in Jacksonville. And they're going to pack the house. 15,000 people inside the arena. And listen, they have more reasons than to fill that thing up because George Masvidal versus Kamar Usman is the main event uh, and you have two other fight card, two other titles on the line including um, uh, uh, Shenchenko, Valentina Shenchenko and it's going to be a great card overall. Now here's a question, here's the million dollar question will fans come out? Will 15,000 come out? Remember we are still in a pandemic not everyone has a Vaccine. Although Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has stated that he anticipates that here in Florida, anyone could get the vaccine starting maybe on April 1st, which is around the corner. I still don't think that all those 15,000 people will be vaccinated by then. And remember, you'll have those that do not want to get vaccinated. Either way, would you go or would you just see the pay-per-view on your, from your house? Whatever it may be, whether you go or not, hey, invest in this pay-per-view. It's going to be a great one. There's no reason for you to illegally bootleg this, this pay-per-view. There's fights there that, that, that are any of those main card fights could be a headliner in uh, any pay-per-view or ESPN event. The UFC really has outdone themselves with this fight card. This is one for the ages in April, UFC 261. I can't wait to see it. Masvidal now has a full training camp. If uh, if you remember, last year when he stepped in at last minute to fight Kamaru, he stated that he needed a six-week training camp and it would be a different result. Well, let's see. Let's see what, what he meant by that. And let's see if we do get a different result come next month. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on the program. 
Thanks for the love and the support. Remember to follow us on our socials, Roman Show Media, on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Or sorry, on YouTube is our Roman 201. And on Twitter, that's at The Roman Show. But we are always live on our website, theromanshow.com. With that said, thanks again, everyone. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll catch you next one right here in the program. If you haven't been on, you haven't heard. Cheers, everyone. Thank you.